Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. You have thoughts and feelings that come up all the time, and they're there for you to experience them and not run from them. So the best thing you can do for your life is to meet every thought and every feeling within brace, and that's the only way they'll go. A uh, feeling can be in you for five minutes, or it can be in you for five decades. It's entirely your choice. So have urgency with filling life itself, too. Do you feel like you're stuck in a rut in life or in a dead-end job with no progression? I'm Jerry Dugan, and welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that offers you the motivation, inspiration, and practical tools to help you build a life worth living. My show is here to help you break free from your limitations and find a path to success. Join me as I share encouraging stories and actionable advice on how to get out of your rut in life and create a vision for your future. Life is just too short to live stuck in a rut. Here we go. Hey, what is going on, Rudder Nation? This is Jerry, and in this episode, we're going to be joined by Adrian Moreno. Now, Adrian is going to share with us his story of having a successful fitness coaching business until he self-sabotaged it. And then from there, how he did some self-reflection, and then he sought out to understand why did he do that. And then from there, really stumbled upon the idea of neuromapping, the, the, the concept around really shaping and reshaping our mindsets to get rid of the things that are self-sabotaging and embrace the things that are going to open up our futures to a life beyond the rut. So that's what we're talking about in this episode. Here we go. All right. Hey, Adrian, thanks for calling in from Austin, Texas. How are you doing, man? I'm doing beautiful. I'm doing beautiful. Just got a little crick in my neck. But aside from <laughs> that, I'm doing really good. And um, I'm happy to be on the show and looking forward to this conversation. So thanks for having me. Awesome. I tried to have when you told me you had the crick in your neck earlier. I tried to have sympathy for you. Uh, but being 46, <laughs> not 26, I was actually more yeah. grateful that it was you and not me yeah. with the crick. And I'm sorry. Yeah, I should no, have been more I sympathetic. That. I get that. <laughs> uh, but I do hope that crick goes away. Uh, those are not fun. Uh, not fun at all, especially like, you know, uh, you know, like it's just you realize how much you use your neck when your neck is hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when it's hurt, you're just like, oh, oh, God, I can't get out of bed in the regular way. I can't just sit up anymore. I got to <laughs> roll out of bed. Oh, man, I can't like I can't bend over to tie my shoes. I got to completely kneel down right now. Yeah. Like it is insane. So oh, I'm I'm grateful for my neck or reg regaining its health. But I know <laughs> regaining its health right now. In my head, I'm like, wait till you're older and it's your lower back that goes out. Um, I've had I've had sciatic. Oh. Problem. I'm a weightlifter. So yeah unfortunately lifted weights wrong for yeah. a number of years and so i've paid for it yeah it's so debilitating I, I just went on a camping trip a few months back i was fine on the trip but i come home and the next morning uh my back is done for like a week week and a half oh, and, and that's debilitating when you realize man my back is literally everything yeah and my wife's like it's because you slept on the ground i'm like no the ground was awesome and uh you know i was cowboy camping i was under the stars it was worth it i'll do it again and she's like but then your first night back in a real bed you wake <laughs> up and your back locks up because it doesn't know what to do and i'm like true exactly so yeah. true. 
Now, all my listeners who are the over the age of 40 are like, Jerry, just move on. Come on, this hurts. <laughs> just this move hurts. on. Hey, Jerry, don't remind me, please. Don't remind me. <laughs> my back hurts just listening to you guys right now. <laughs> uh, but I, I wanted you on the show because, I mean, one, you got my attention on, on Podmatch with a really cool video pitch. Um, but really, it's your story that uh, resonates. And, and you – Oddly enough, are, are being blessed with this experience at a younger age, uh, because mm-hmm. most of us probably hit this in our 30s or our 40s if we're lucky. Um, you hit the, got to this point in your early 20s where you had a really good problem. You were making too much money. <laughs> yep, and I, that uh, I didn't know what to do with. Yeah, yeah. and and like you, you had shared with me, you you had this financial success, and uh, I mean, you were making. If not in the high six-figure income, you were making a seven-figure income, uh, but life was like falling apart for you, and you, you were still feeling empty. So uh, what was it that you were doing that brought in the high income, if you could tell us legally? Yeah, I'm for sure, kidding. for sure. So <laughs> a little backstory. Um, I, in 2014, I'm not going to take you year by year, but in 2014, <laughs> I had a high school break, a high school, I had a heartbreak, and it was a high school heartbreak. And this was the woman I was, you know, um, at that time of my life was like the world to me. I was with her for like five years um, and just like a really, you know, I, I grew attached to her in, in a lot of ways. And one day, very, very sudden, um, she just, hey, I found somebody else and I'm kind of going to go do my thing. And, um, you know, completely disappeared from my world, blocking me on every like I couldn't have any kind of closure. And I had the hardest time dealing with that. And I ended up blowing up like I gained 100 pounds in four years right after that. Like I just stopped caring about myself. Truly, I stopped caring about everything. And like I still feel like emotions bubble up when I talk about it because that was the lowest I've ever been in my life. I wanted help and I just didn't know how to ask for it. And in that space, um, one day, thankfully, I I am so grateful for that situation because it's what created the mind for me to have to want to change. And what I mean by that is, I mean, September 29th, 2017. Uh, a good friend came over and when I opened up the door, I didn't have a shirt on. And so I remember I gained a hundred pounds and my friend, we were best friends. We saw each other all the time, but I don't think he saw me without a shirt in a long time. So I opened up the door without a shirt and he just, damn Adrian, you got fat. Like he just like called it out. And um, I knew I was, you know, gaining weight. Of course, it just never like hurt me really. I was like, ah, it's whatever. But when he said that, for some reason, and I still don't know what it was about it, but it stung really bad. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to lose all of this weight. Like, just watch. And then sure enough, I got on YouTube University and Google University and started YouTubing and Googling. How do you build your body? Like, how do you create it? How do you, you know, build a muscular body? How do you get in shape? How do you? And I just taught myself basically everything from A to Z and how to how to think, how to eat, how to train and uh, lost 91 pounds in a nine month stretch and got in like really great shape. And as when I got in shape, it be, it becomes very normal for people to ask you, what are you doing? Like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? How did you do that? Um, eventually, I was like, I think I have a business here. I can help people do this stuff. And so I got into I got into personal training. I didn't even know on like 
the term entrepreneur. Like to me, I was a personal trainer. I was not an entrepreneur. I was like, oh, I'm a personal trainer now, setting $25 sessions out of my garage. But as you can imagine, $25 sessions are not going to make you bank. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there <laughs> making like 1100 bucks a month. I'm not making a lot of money, but I feel for the very first time, like I'm worthy of people's attention. For the very, I know it's like, you know, I, I, just, I feel like people need me. And I'm like, oh my God, like I, I'm doing something important. So I start feeling great going through this whole emotional high. Then I am on Facebook and I'm getting bombarded with Facebook ads. Hey, if you're a personal trainer and you want to go take your business online and make $10,000 a month, click this ad. I'll show you how. 30 times it shows up. Finally, I'm like, you know what? What the freak is this dang ad? It got, <laughs> Shut this it got up. me. Right? It got me. <laughs> I want to know what's going on. And so I clicked it and do the first testimonial on that page. It just took. I was like, this is real. And the reason why I thought it was real was because a woman who was giving the testimonial was crying. She's like, you changed my family's life. I'm like, oh my God, this is real. And so I booked a call with them and I ended up investing $10,000 into a mastermind program. Keep in mind, I had $2,000 to my name. But the reason why I made that investment is because I sat there with my $2,000 and I said, what do I want? This $2,000. Or what's on the other side of this yes, of me saying, you know what, let's do this thing and let me invest in myself. Like, what do I want? Right. And I was like, and I, I genuinely believe you don't need the money for something. You just need to want it bad enough. And whenever you make a decision that you're going to get it some way, somehow money falls into your lap to get the thing. Because what ended up happening was I asked a bunch of friends and family if they can help me out. And I ended up raising eight grand. And whenever I tried to give the money back, because I made my money back, none of them wanted it. It was like a gift. They were like, hey, look, we just wanted to help you get your business off the ground. We're happy we got a chance to help you. You know, my grandma was a big help. And she was like, mijito. So she always called me. She was just like, you know, I'm just, I take a little, I just take pleasure in knowing that you're doing your thing now, you know? And so it just really worked out for me. Um, but it, what ended up happening was I became a high ticket fitness coach. Now, what this means is I charge, instead of charging $25 a session, I was charging $5,000 for three months of coaching. So pricing went way up. And that's another reason why I also made half a million because it's, you know, you're char- charging a lot more money. Um, and so I started doing this high ticket fitness coaching and started making, I took t- first, it took me 27 sales calls. All of them were no's. And then on the 28 sales call, I got my first yes. And then right after I got my first yes, some level of confidence kicked in. And then before you know it, I just could not stop selling. I just became like this in my mind. Like I was like the greatest salesman to ever walk the planet. And I was like, I can sell anybody, anything. And so I started getting this kind of a big head. Right. So I started getting this really le- big level of confidence. And for the first time in my life, Jerry, I went from making, you know, 10 bucks an hour out of dry cleaners to $25 a session to, you know, 50 grand a month for the very, I start seeing loads of money come in. And for me, I was 22, 23. Like I was like, what in the world? This is the coolest thing ever. So I let that become my driving focus. And that was one of my biggest mistakes. However, I'm grateful for it because the moment I saw the money come in, I'm immediately like, I'm immediately like, okay, how can I take that to 80,000 a month, a hundred thousand a month, 200,000, a million a month? Like, how can I just skyrocket my business? And so that turned into me becoming the person who would just sell people stuff 
and I was just trying to fill up my program, but I wasn't really taking care of my customers. And you can't be in business if you don't care about your people, right? Like you're not going to be in business long. And so I start going through this phase where I'm just like focused on getting new clients. I had at a point I had 88 clients being coached by one of my coaches. She was like, Adrian, I can't breathe right now. Wow. You know, um, so like that goes to show like I wasn't even hiring other coaches because I was just like, let me grab as much cash out of this that I can. And then around the same time, I just start having mad anxiety attacks, like out of nowhere. I'm so business is still going good. This is right before things started dropping. I started having a lot of anxiety attacks. I was like snapping on like I was snapping on my mom, which things I've never really done. I was like, I'm just not I am so out of whack right now. I feel so like really alone and Around that time, all of my clients started, you know, canceling their contracts. They started asking for refunds. My team member left. Um, another team member left who wasn't a coach, but she was just a team member who helped me sell. Another person left. And then before you know it, man, like I literally went from maybe at one point in time, I had maybe like 200, like a quarter million, like in my actual bank account to like $13,000 within, I mean, maybe within like eight, nine months, because I was also burning the cash through, you know, um, paying, investing in other masterminds that were like 50 grand, like it's super expensive. Wow. And then, you know, buying a lot of fucking shoes, a lot of expensive clothes, a lot of things like that. And, you know, I just ended up literally not managing my money properly and not, um, you know, caring about my customers and then I found myself basically broke and I had to move back in with my mom. It was like the most lowest time. This was like, I felt like it was lower than the other time, you know? And so that answers the question as to like how I was making the money, but I kind of went into, you know, how I ended up losing it too. Yes. But that's kind of yeah. where I was going. But yeah, so that's that. Yeah. Cause uh, that was something you shared with me uh, probably a month ago when we got, Introduce each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that you were in your twenties. You made this six-figure income, uh, but it it was taking a toll on you. It it took a toll on your conscience. Um, you know, mm-hmm. greed took over. So there was a driver there that you wound up having to address. Like, why did I get like this? Like, I had the business. I had a system going. I was helping people, mm-hmm. and then I flipped it and I made it about me. And then I was no longer taking care of me. people. I was I was just taking from people. Um, and you had shared with me that you you realized that your mindset was one that was shaped by living in fear of like poverty and not having enough. And here you are with this taste of this. So I understood that the outside is a reflection of what's going on on the inside. I just never really lived it. I understood it. I didn't live it. And so at this point, I said, you know what, Adrian, instead of continuing to go, go, go and hopefully pick this business back up, why don't you understand how your freaking mind actually functions? Like, understand why you're making these kind of decisions, because if you can understand why you're making these decisions, then you can change it. Like You can upgrade the software of the hardware. Right. And that's like where my mind was. And so I was like, you know what? I know this guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza. He might like I'm, let's see if I watch some videos from him and like maybe get some insights on like what's going on with my brain. So Google YouTube, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I see the very first video I click on, he's talking about 
how to change. He's talking about if you want to become different, like if you want different results in your life, you got to be different. But if you want to be different, you have to, on a physical level, re- rewire your neural pathways. We have these neurons, and these are these clusters of cells that fire and wire with every thought we think, every single behavior we take, every action we make, whatever they like. And then the, the so for example, if I wake up every morning and tie my right shoe first, I put my right shoe on first. Every time I do that action, I'm setting up a certain, I'm, I'm firing very specific neurons. If I do that over and over again, all of those neurons, they start getting attached together. And now you have a neural pathway that's programmed. And now without thinking about it, I wake up and my right foot goes in my right shoe very like first, right? And so I learned about these neural pathways. And if you want to, again, get the resource you want, you have to change these on a physical level. So now my entire mind got obsessed with how do you rewire people's neural pathways? You can't create different neural pathways. You're born with a set of neural pathways you're going to have forever. You have all the neurons you're going to have. It's just how do you start to unconnect, disconnect some of them and start connecting new ones. So it becomes your new way of being. And that's where like everything like really started for me, which, and then at that time, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza in that video, he talked about hypnosis. He talked about this thing called hypnosis that is, is a good way to help with that. And so what I did was I did what any good person would do is I basically hired a hypnotist um, to kind of see what was going on. And, I didn't really get the results I wanted from this, but <laughs> but it made me intrigued in what hypnosis was. So I started learning this. I started training in this thing called rapid transformational therapy. It's a form of hypnotherapy by Marissa Peer. So I started training in this therapy. And when I learned, I really just wanted to learn to do it for myself. And then when I learned to do it, I was like, okay, I'm going to take myself through this process to figure out why I sabotaged all of my success. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. And that's when I went back to a memory of that four-year-old boy. Yeah. And so... Share this. I w- so this is going to give people insight on why we do what we do. And I will, you know, give a couple of more examples after the fact. But just this part first was rapid transformational therapy. It utilizes something called timeline therapy. Timeline therapy allows you to peek inside of your subconscious mind and review old memories, uh, memories that you may have consciously forgotten about. And so in this moment, um, I took myself through this timeline process and I wanted to see what memory came up to figure out why I sabotaged all of my success. And then the memory that came up was me standing in the living room of my grandmother's, my grandmother's living room. 
I was four years old. I knew I was four years old. I could just tell. I was standing in the living room, looking directly outside of the window. And as I look outside of the living room window, I notice my dad, who is the strongest man in the universe in my mind at that time, drop to his knees like I've never seen before, screamed at the top of his lungs and said, Nancy, please don't leave me and don't take my boys from me. That's, you know, it's my mom, of course. And in that moment, as my little four-year-old self witnessed that, I made it mean something. This is something every one of us do. We see an event, we experience an event, and then we have our own story that we add to it. Like if somebody walks past you and you wave at them and they don't wave, maybe they were busy. Maybe they were on the phone. Maybe they were listening to something. They genuinely didn't see you. But in your mind, you're like, oh, my God, I'm invisible. Nobody ever sees me. You see, you can add your own story to any event. That is be very careful with what you're adding because those meanings become beliefs and beliefs will paint what actually happens in your life and what doesn't. And so the belief I created in this moment was I looked at my dad's dropping to his knees, screaming at like crying. And I noticed my mom, my, and this is when it hit, oh, my parents are spitting up. And I made that mean I am no longer safe. And so I picked up this belief at four years old that I am not safe. And it wasn't just like, I'm not safe for this moment. It's like, no, I am not safe, period. And so I created this, this idea when you had, and the thing about beliefs that I want people to understand is like a calorie, a calorie is a unit of energy. You, in these units of energy, they build your body, right? In the same exact way, a belief is a literal unit of energy. When you focus and beliefs create the body of your experience, because when you focus on a belief or an idea, the energy behind that idea, the electrical, the electromagnetic charge behind the idea strengthens it grows so if i'm sitting here focused on i'm not good enough that idea gets stronger and stronger and stronger with its electrical charge and that means it feels more real because when you focus on an idea you send a wave of energy through your body and that energy is your emotions and so from four years old to 23 years old i am not safe was in the back of my mind building up more and more energy, creating this anxiety that I'm not safe. So why did I lose all of the money? Clearly I did it because the more and more and more I made, the less safe I felt. So what did I do? I had to start my, my, my subconscious mind was like, Hey, we got to protect you right now. So I'm going to start making you do some dumb stuff <laughs> to start losing this money so you can feel safe again. Right. And so that moment I and that's when like I and so basically after I did the work, I was able to literally sit there in that living room with that little boy in my mind and show him what reality is like now. Show him that mom and dad are happy in their own lives now. Show them that he is safe, that he is grown up and safe now. When you're able to do that with old parts of yourself or with parts of yourself, your your like little your young part of yourself, your inner child, when you're able to go down and reparent them, give them a new perspective, that will literally rewire your neural pathways because it is designed to shift on a fundamental level the way you see things because the way you see things is the way your inner child sees things so if you change the way your inner child sees things they will forever 
that will stick when you when you're going about your adult life. Yeah. Your life will be different because that perspective has been painted. And that's when I realized because after that, I rebuilt my business, quickly went to multiple six figures, and I owed it all to the work that I did. And I became pretty obsessed with becoming the person that can help people do that exact same work. Now. Yeah. And I think a, a key thing in all this is, I mean, other than the humility that you know comes with having to refund people their money back uh, and accept that, OK, I made some bad choices with my business. And, and you said it yourself, you know, this this sense of not feeling safe. Your focus had shifted from taking care of people to taking from people. Because I wasn't uh, safe anymore. Yeah. You know, exactly. And uh, and so, yeah, you just had to get more. Like, it wasn't enough. And, um, like, even right down to, like, I need to get more money coming in, but I'm not going to spend any of it on, like, another coach or another system or mm, you know, the things exactly. that you would need to, to put into place, which I'm sure you have now because you've gone through the healing process. Exactly. You've, you've and addressed- now you see, though how all of those behaviors were stemmed from not feeling safe. Yeah. All of those behaviors were stemmed from this insecurity. And that's what like the big highlight for, for that story is all of your behaviors stem from ideas you hold in your mind. And these ideas have probably been there for decades. Yeah. And, you know, it's very yeah. important. To and, those. and it's not like you're, you're saying this like, ah, I'm free and clear. Woohoo. Nobody can blame me about I anything. I do my like- work all the time, man. I got a <laughs> somatic therapist. so I'm, I, I get a lot of help, man. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, you've addressed it too. I mean, you shared that your, your bank account showed the accountability. Like you went from 250,000 uh, to 13,000 and, and that was paying the piper in a sense. Like you had to give that money back to where it came from. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then you, You've probably been spending the last three years repairing uh, relationships and trust as well. And, uh, you know, it's all the things that, you know, the consequences that come from that. And uh, but then rebuilding from there from a healthier sense um, that that is huge. And, you know, that that bounce back is very important. And and it sounds like you got your focus back too. like it's it's about taking care of others. Yeah. You know, like now for the first time in my life, you know, um, I. have like purpose behind everything that I do. Um, you know, so I'm building another business called Zamio. Um, this company is a mo- an emotional intelligence company for children, oh, for wow. children to grow up with emotional intelligence. So they don't have to deal with the kind of stuff that a lot of adults deal with. Um, but everything I do is with children in the back of my mind. Now I don't have any kids myself, but I do understand that there's more ahead of us than there is behind us. And, um, you know, with, the way that the world is going, you know, I don't know how long humans have left with the way that we are, right. you know? And so for me, um, my entire thing is turning around, you know, the way that the collective psyche, um, you know, operates because we we're a collective psyche. It's not, you know, we all have our different minds. We have our different, you know, yeah, we have our different minds, but we are, we are all influenced by a, in, like an individual psyche. You know, um, one part of the world gets scared. The other part of the world starts to feel the fear, Yeah, you know, so uh, changing that through changing the way that we raise our kids. And, you know, I also realized that money, you know, um, it, it really just an exchange of energy and, money will stick around to those who are adding the most value to people's lives. Um, And so now, yeah, I still have big desires to get like, you know, fairly wealthy to the point where you walk by my house and you're like, why is that that big? You know, like (laughs) I do have those desires. I do. I like nice things, but I do not 
at all step over the line of am I actually adding to people's life or am I decreasing from people's life? If I'm grabbing, if, you, if you're if you're giving me your money, it has to be because I am only adding to your life and not taking anything away. And um, if it's not, if it doesn't feel like that, I won't do a transaction, you know? So I've learned my lesson and I'm grateful I learned it at this age. And yeah, I was able to, you know, now I am focused on, you know, like, wealth and you know generating um you know making sure my future family's taken care of and stuff but again i want to change the world in a really big way with zamio that requires a lot of money so money's still one of the most important things to me but it's not the most important thing to me anymore and i have a healthy relationship with it now as opposed to seeing it as like a god now looking at it as a tool nice yeah that's a huge step for folks i mean i know folks closer to my age that they're still pursuing, you know, the higher income. They're still pursuing the higher job title. Like position matters to them as, you know, they're later in their years. And I'm thinking, gosh, you know, when you I, I, I don't know if it's because I was in the army and, you know, almost ran into gunfire a couple of times. Something woke me up and made me realize it does not matter what my job title is or was when I died. Nobody's going to care. <laughs> Exactly. And, and another thing is, it's like, yes, number one, no one's really going to care. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're doing something that's like, you know, like you're literally changing the globe. Right. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, other than that, like the other thing is it's like, it's OK for people who want those things. But it's like, number one, what's driving that? Yeah. Like, what is, is it? Is it? Is it? You know, is it the fact that you're not good enough? So you want to make money to become good enough to look like you're good enough? Or is it the fact that you are? That you are, you know, you're worthy, loved and deserving and you want. And because of that, you want to create that for yourself. So you're going to be an example to what is possible to other people. You know, it's like the energy behind whatever you're trying to do is so important. Like like they say in the Gospel of Thomas, don't quote me for it because I'm not. But in the Gospel of Thomas, he's like, you know, a seed that falls in a thorn bush, it's not going to grow. But if a seed that falls into the rich soil, you know, it will grow. And so it's like, where are you gr where are you growing from? Yeah. And your mind is that fertile ground that you can create or it could be the thorny area or the yeah, rocky it can be soil. The thorny yeah. full of weeds or it can be a beautiful rose bush with like, I don't know what kind of flower. I don't even know flowers, <laughs> but beautiful flowers, beautiful flowers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that that is something very important for us to think about, though, if we if we're feeling stuck in a rut in our career, maybe and. and Specifically, we're in a leadership role. We're making the income we always wanted to pursue, but we feel stuck. Maybe it's in our marriage relationship. Maybe it's in our parenting uh, connection or just in our community, or we just don't have that sense of I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Uh, there, There is that disconnect somewhere. It's like, why, why do I feel this way? I got all the boxes checked of what su success is supposed to be like. Why do I feel like I'm not really using my life for its truest intention or purpose or best purpose or my purpose, you know, what is that disconnect? And I think, yeah, taking that look back of like, well, why am I doing these things? You know, why did I pursue this in the first place? Why do I think this is the way I need to go? And then from there, like, well, where's the disconnect? Where is it I really want to be? And understanding where that is. And and you'd gone through that transformation. You're like, all right, I messed up on a business level, maybe on an ethical level. I messed up. Why? And you went on a journey to figure out why, what happened exactly. there. Just, and, I just so intrigued with why. Yes. Because yes. you can figure that and, out 
everything else can change. Exactly. And and what I've heard you say and share with us is that once you pinpointed what that was, you know, you could be like most people and just say, well, that's the reason why I do what I do. And you accept it and you just use that as the crutch. And you said no, because if I don't fix the mindset that came out of that, I will just keep repeating this mistake over and over exactly. and over. And I have something on my wall here that says you're going to die. If you want it, go for it. It's like basically the reason why I have it there is because I'm 26. A lot yeah. of 26 year olds don't think of death. So what do they do? They think they have time to sit on the couch. For me, I know I'm going to die. Even if it's at 100, that's still as soon as tomorrow in yeah. my mind. And so for me, like I don't have time to find things that are not working and not do anything about it. It's like I, I remember being young thinking, oh, I'm never going to be 18. Then I woke up with facial hair. I shaved right now. I woke up with facial hair and tattoos all over my body. And I was like, oh, snap. I, I grew up. And like, it is like, this, like what? In a crick, crick in my neck. Like, oh, my. I'm over here sneezing and throwing out my lower back. And I'm like, oh, my God, I grew up. And so it goes so fast. And like, why spend time like, you know, sitting on the fence of life? And not playing full out. And also sitting on a fence must hurt. So like, why would you want to sit, sit up there? Yeah. You know, and um, that's like another thing. This is like the urgency of life, you know, the urgency of life. And um, seeing my grandma die very suddenly before, you know, we way I thought I was going to be having to take care of her one day, which I was happy to do, you know, and then she was gone one day. And I was like, dang, I really got to start creating the life that I want at this point, you know, so just. Really, just remember, it's life's extremely finite, so have a yeah. lot of fun with it, but fun that feels good. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing we can't make more of. So you just make the most of it, and that's our time. can always make more money. can always build more relationships. Uh, but again, that time back is something you cannot do. And uh, you're, you're reminding me of a guest I've had on this show, Ron Worley III. Uh Really neat story. I'll, I'll just I'll put the episode link in the show notes. Uh, but in short, you know, he had... In his younger years, drugs, alcohol. Um, the cops knew him because he was a frequent flyer in the jail system and the court system. Uh-huh. Uh, but then he kind of grows up, and the the cops still know his name. But now they know him as the bail bondsman and the community upstanding. Like, uh, like yeah, he just reshaped how he was going to live his life. And he said, "I need to live by a code of ethics, the worldly way." And I'm gonna, I'm I just need to do something better. And and he did. And then one day he had a heart attack and he survived, finds out from his doctor that heart attack that he had, not many people survive it. It's like the widow maker, a very small percentage of the people who have it actually come out of the hospital breathing and walking. Like um, functioning like that. Yeah. Exactly. And then the doctor says, and here's the good news on top of all this, half of the people who survive that are dead by the end of the year. He's like, what? <laughs> and then half of those survivors are dead within three years. And almost all of That's you are- That's the good news? Yeah. And he said, best case scenario, you're one of the few who are still alive at the end of five years. But chances are you're going to die right after that. And he's like, wow. So I just survived the worst heart attack ever just to find out I have at most- five years left to live and the doctor starts telling him how to play it safe get to the five-year mark and he's like doc i love you i've been going to you for years but with all due respect i'm just going to assume that i have anywhere between today and five years from now and i'm just going to live it to the fullest and he he wrote out his bucket list why he wanted to live this out reminded himself of the worldly way talked with his wife talked with his kids and he's just been living 
out his life to the fullest, helping as many people as he can, sharing his story, sharing it like encouragement. Uh, when I interviewed him for my show, he was already in the year six. And uh-huh. I was just about to ask how yeah. long has it been? You know, and beautiful, was, beautiful. And he's on my mind, top of mind right now, because as I was writing my book, which will publish in February 2023. Nice. Nice little plug there, right? Shameless. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And and so I'm thinking about him because he's one of the examples I share in the book. And I'm thinking, all right, it's like year seven or eight. I need to see if he's okay. And I look him up and he's still alive. He's like in year seven or eight. Yes, get it, man. He's still encouraging people on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, mostly on Facebook. And I reach out to him. I just say, hey, you're still around. I love it. Thank you. And and we chit chat back and forth on Facebook every so often. And it's just so inspiring to me because he's still doing the thing. He didn't hit the five years and say, all right, I'm done. I could die any day now. No, he's just like, all right, I'm going to keep going. He's like, like, all right, there you go. God hasn't noticed I'm still around. Exactly. Let's keep going. I'm, I'm still <laughs> breathing. That's the reason. Exactly. There. And so, uh, like hearing you say that with like this new lease on life and this striving for the future, um, you know, and that's what I want to encourage everybody listening in right now is, you know, have that sense of urgency over your life because I mean, whether yes, you have man. today, whether you have the age of 100, or you have the next five years, you know, and, and when you think about like, let's say, what if you die in the next five years? That alone changes everything you yep. know you have a new sense yeah you're like there's a finality to it i'm not going to waste all five years chasing a career just to get a job title nope <laughs> yeah exactly uh, you know It'll i'm gonna change things yeah you, you, you launch a, a business of your own or you you decide i'm gonna have these boundaries on my career uh i'm going to focus on my wife because we're empty nesters now uh you know we're the couple from up in a way and and uh or if Russell grew up, where the couple that you know Russell forms, uh, you know, it's oh that'd be a cool sequel. Anyway, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like yeah, start to you know put the things that matter most in front of you. Yeah, you know, it's like time percent. time for your kids, time for you know, they don't have grandkids yet, uh, but if that were to come, time for them. Um, you know, go out and see the sights. We live in Dallas. You know, there's stuff to see and do in Dallas. Yeah. I don't want to. Stay you know, one of my friends made a post on Facebook. She's like, what's, the, what's one thing you wish you knew when you got into business? And I said, I wish I knew my grandma had two more years when I got into business. Because, wow. because I um, the, like I told her I was busy every time. Every single time she asked me to lunch, she asked me to go watch a movie at her house. Every single time. I'm busy, grandma. Even though I ran my own schedule. I could have said, you know what? I'm going to shut the computer down and go hang out with my grandma for two hours, even though that was entirely possible. Too busy, too busy, yeah. too busy. Until one day, Adrian, grandma's in the hospital, and within a week, she was gone. Wow. You know, so it's like when when that happened, you know, like that was such a reflection on me with time. Like it's, it's changed my relationship with my parents. Like I see my dad once a week. I have dinner with him once a week. I have dinner with my mom once a week. Uh, I talk to him. I call my mom once a day to make sure like, even if it's five minutes, Hey mom, what are you doing? Okay. I just want you to know what I'm doing. Um, I love you and I'll see you Sunday. Right. And it's like this constant, like striving to now connect with my family, you know, and like be with them. And, um, because I just understand that, you know, um, that happened with grandma and like it can happen with mom and dad. And 
just that it's the urgency of life. It doesn't mean you live rushed. Um, when you live rushed, it's kind of like a scarcity mind, scarcity kind of energy, but it's living urgent. And it's like wanting to um, do the thing that you want to, it's basically living urgent and acting on the values that you actually value, acting on what you feel like is important um, without thinking about it and putting it on the back end. Like to me, if family's important, I don't hope I can find time to squeeze that in. Urgency is, no, I squeeze that in. I make sure that it is a constant in my schedule. Like it's even in my calendar, a recurring dinner with dad, dinner with mom, recurring because that's a priority. And so it's like work gets scheduled around that, not the other way around. Yeah. Wow. Man. Now, if somebody wants to reach out and get involved with neuromapping, method with adrian moreno where do they go to set that up yeah so me and my business partner we 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 do all the neuro remapping um she does a majority of the sessions at this point i still do a lot of the sessions but of course i'm growing another business so some things are going on there however if you want to experience neuro remapping you know we've no shameless plug. We've helped over 400 people. We're dang good at what we do. But there is, we actually created a guided process that anybody can actually go through with guided. So if something is in your life right now and it's pressing, right, it's just like causing some issues. It's just something you're not having too much fun with. This process is basically designed to help you figure out where that's coming from. So you can do the work to let it go. So all you got to do is go to rewiremythoughts.com slash unshakable, and that'll take you straight over to a um, page where you can download the video. Video will pop up in your email. Go through the video. Email us back. I'd love to know what came up for you because we get emails like on a daily basis of like, oh my God, this happened during the, the session and it was crazy. So we, we respond to everything. Um, I'm really excited to see what you know happens. But that'll be the best way to get a, in touch with me because you'll be on my email list and my socials are all on the bottom of my email. So you can connect with all of my socials through there. But that'll be the best way. Rewiremythoughts.com slash unshakable. Nice. And Adrian, before we go, any final words of wisdom? At the ripe old age of 26. Ripe <laughs> old age of 26. At the ripe old age of 26. I'm, I'm going to treat it like this. I'm going to act like this is my last 30 sec, my last message ever, because you have thoughts and feelings that come up all the time. And they're there for you to experience them and not run from them. So the best thing you can do for your life is to meet every thought and every feeling with embrace. And that's the only way they'll go. Uh, feeling can be in you for five minutes or it can be in you for five decades. It's entirely your choice. So have urgency with filling life itself too. Love that. Adrian, it was great to have you on the show to have this conversation. The time flew by. I was like, double taking here at the timer and I'm like, yeah, wow, time flew by. That was cool. Yeah. Time flew by really big on this one. Man. Awesome. I look forward to keeping in touch with you and uh, we'll have everything in the show notes on how to get in, in touch with Adrian. And uh, of course, Adrian, I got a new friend in you. So uh, yeah, for sure. For Stay on. in contact, brother. Will do. All right. Have a good one, man. What a story from Adrian, right? I mean, he's only 26 years old at the time of us recording that interview. Now, if you want to learn more about his story, Check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 362. There you'll find links to Adrian's website, his, his, his show, his platform. And also, I'll link Ron Worley's episode here as well in the show notes. Now, I mentioned, or I may have mentioned, that I wrote a book, Beyond the Rut, Create a Life Worth Living in Your Faith, Family, and Career. This is essentially that. You know, if you want to work through the five pillars or the five Fs of your life, in your faith, your family, your fitness, your finances, and your future possibility, and then define success in your own terms, 
go grab a copy of that book. It's on Amazon as an ebook, as a paperback, or if you want the audiobook for free, just go to beyondtherut.com slash audiobook. Now, I'm glad you joined me for this episode, and I look forward to joining you again on the next one. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.